Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Ono Sullivan and today on the show it's a double episode featuring Neil Dexter and Louise Gaffney. Both have just put out debut releases after previous work in bands. Neil with Spies, who wrapped up with a final performance at Whelan's in February 2020. And Louise, who was one part of Come On, Live Long, who have been on a hiatus in recent years. Frontman Robert John Ardiff has released a couple of great albums in the interim, most recently The Corridors of Love, which came out earlier this year. Louise has just released her debut EP, Not Even Here. She says it blends crafted beats, broken electronics and warm synth textures as a bed for glass-like vocals, all finding its timbre through a string of tape machines. Everything is deteriorated in the production. It's taped and retaped, warped and disappearing around the edges. Stay tuned to the end of the episode to hear the song Until Off The Knot, even here EP, which you can stream on Spotify or purchase on louisegaffney.bandcamp.com. First, though, we'll hear from Neil Dexter, who's just released the 90s hit of Loving You, which is influenced variously by Madonna's Ray of Light and U2's Zoo Station. It's his debut release and launches his solo career following the end of Spies, who are a great five-piece from Dublin. You can hear an interview with them by searching out TPOE 110, recorded just before their one and only album Constancy came out in late 2018. You'll also hear Loving You after the chat with Neil, and you can get it at neildexter.bandcamp.com. Okay, so let's get into this double episode of the Point of Everything podcast. So maybe before we get to the current, let's go back a little bit to the end of your last band, Spies. You released your debut album, Constancy, in late 2018, and then you finished up with a headliner in Whelan's in February 2020. What happened? Was it just a natural conclusion to things? So we, I guess when when we chatted to you last time, just around the time to release the album, we did know that we were going to finish. We just didn't know exactly when. So like it was we kind of felt that we were all sort of doing different things. And, you know, I guess we've been in the band for the guts of a decade at that stage, or maybe even more than a decade. So yeah, definitely it felt like the right thing to do to eventually finish it up. It just depends. We just didn't know when. So we did the album launch gig and we hadn't booked another show. Um, And then a year passed by and we're like, we should really just book a gig, finish it up, like to do a final show. Um, And that was February, 2020. Um, I think it was like mid-February and it was in Whelan's and it was an amazing show. It was loads of fun. And we announced that we were going to finish after that. Um, and it was just a lot of fun. And then we didn't know, like obviously with then what happened afterwards, for a lot of people, that was the last show that they would have been to, which is kind of bizarre. So it almost felt like we weren't meant to be for like a post-COVID world or something. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. It's just bizarre. But um, And even now getting back into doing music myself and, and releasing a song, like it does feel strange because we're so used to doing it with spies back in the day and um it's kind of a different it's a different feel now doing it on your own i think when you say that you knew that you were finishing up what are the telltale signs that other bands should look out for is it just a case of it's harder to meet up for practice you're just not getting the same satisfaction out of it kind of a mixture of different things like that i think um when you start a band you don't have like open honest conversations about what everyone's expectations are because you're for most people they're in their like teens or like you know maybe early 20s 
So we started because it was fun and felt good and all that stuff. But I guess as time goes on, like as a person between the age of like, let's say 17 and 27 or 20, 20, 17 and like 28 or 29, you, you change so much as a person. And, and I think we all did. Um, and I don't think we really were able to always just check in and talk about, okay, where is everyone at? What are all our expectations now? How have they shifted since the band started? And I think those things are going to happen naturally. And what it ended up being is that, you know, some of us like Connor and, and Jeff actually ended up moving to London. They wanted to pursue careers in music in uh, Connor as a music manager, Jeff within uh, marketing. Ended up getting some really cool jobs over there. Um, Michael was studying, so was Hugh, and then I was working. So like we were all kind of doing different things and again in different cities. For those five shows, we had to fly fly the lads back to Dublin, do a couple of rehearsals, then do the show, uh, which was a lot of fun. It was like just a you know concentrated five or six days. But yeah, I don't think it was like we all kind of knew then after a year or so after the album came out, we kind of achieved what we wanted to achieve and we were really happy with it. I mean, you never know. Like, I mean, if if they're all guys that I really love spending time with and, you know, we really enjoy it. We have a great connection as musicians. So, you know, who's to say in the future that we wouldn't write music again together? And to be honest, like, I would still send, like, demos and ideas to the guys, you know, or I get their feedback on stuff or vice versa. And I've heard some bits and bobs that the guys have done just in their in their gaffes and stuff, you know, and, and it's really nice. You're like, oh, yeah, like, you don't lose what you have. You don't lose that connection. And just because you finish up as a band. So I think I'm really grateful for that. And I'm excited for the future of what everyone within the band will do creatively. Um, and like Hugh, who plays bass and spies, he actually played. Um, I brought he came into the studio for, for one of the songs I was working on and I just needed a bit of something. And uh, he came in and, and put some Moog bass on it and it sounded great. So I was like, you know, it's it's almost like that thing where even though the band's finished, like if I needed some certain thing in a song i would like oh i'll give Hugh a call or i'll give jeff a call if i need that type of a drum feel that he has or if i need that thing that they can bring to it you know that's if they want to it sounds like looking back it's a happy time for you it's not like oh what could have been or any regrets like that you're happy with the way the band went and the way that it finished up yeah definitely and i think at the time before just before we released the album we went through all that stuff of like oh no what are we doing and the crisis of like are we going to keep going and and actually re- finishing writing the album was actually the time when like in 2017 is when it was the hardest because we were all that's when we all started to talk about maybe wanting different things and doing different things and how is that going to work for spies so we kind of went through that grieving process if you will over a period of that time and that maybe comes out in the record a little bit you can maybe hear it but um, then from like the first show, like reuniting, doing, you know, the album launch and then eventually breaking up in 2020, like that was all just a bonus. It was like an added, like, that's a lot of fun. And that's not just me saying, like, trying to be super zen about it. Like, that is actually how we felt. It was like really overjoyous, like experience to be like getting back on stage with those guys and embracing each other um, in a different way. You know, like Connor started to play the shaker loads more. And like, that's not something that we'd say, Connor, you're on Shaker, like, or like, Neil, you're on this. But like, even just him on stage, like, it's quite iconic at this stage, like shaking a shaker, like getting really into it. Uh, I can see his smiling back. at me. <laughs> but like that, even embracing that and going, yeah, OK, cool. Like, you know, that's what he's into now, where like, you know, everyone just kind of embracing who they are. And as I said, like, that's what makes me excited about all the future creative projects that we'll all be doing, not just what I've been doing, but, you know. That's what happens, as, I guess, as you grow up, which is a lot of what Spies was. It was us growing up. 
And so now you're focusing on solo music as Neil Dexter. Does it feel like a weight of off your shoulders not being part of a band anymore? You say in the press release, I'll read it out to you, even though I'm sure I'm sure he could probably recite it back. Yeah. Um, a lot of what I've worked on in the past has been collaborative. You give a lot of yourself to whatever you're doing in that situation, but ultimately the responsibility is shared among your bandmates. Whereas over the last few years, I've been learning how to write and find my voice in my songwriting and in some ways there's less pressure to make music in this context so tell me about that and like figuring out that way for yourself mm. well i'm going to immediately contradict myself by saying that it's twofold like on the one hand yes you know there's less pressure and and that but then there's also more pressure because you don't get to share that responsibility like i said and um, so but w- what i said there what's in the press release is that um it was kind of freeing in some ways to allow my brain to sort of go wherever it wanted. Um, I think when you're collaborating and I feel like I've contributed a lot in collaborative projects and it's actually one of my strengths and what I realize I'm good at is like getting in a room with someone and just, you know, figuring it out with them. A lot of that is listening and kind of going, okay, what can I bring to what they're doing and, and not over kind of working things. Um, and that's just how I feel about it. But then when I was on my own, I was like, wow, I really have to not have to, but I'm just exploring this. And it doesn't have to go in any direction. I don't, uh, I'm not looking for someone else's energy to try and buzz off. So um, that was quite freeing, but also terrifying. So there were still some hangups of like uh, wanting to kind of, okay, I need to write a song that's going to be the best song and trying to put a lot of pressure on myself. But when I started to enjoy it most writing on my own was when it wasn't for any particular reason. It was just as a mode of expression, having a busy week and then just kind of, starting to write and and forgetting about the fact that I'm even writing songs and that's what kind of became enjoyable but I, I still like I still con- contribute to other bands like at the moment with Tandem Felix and Royal Yellow and I just love doing that because it's a different it's a different thing and now I've gotten an outlet for my own brain which has been like very enjoyable and to finally put a song out it's been great so yeah it's just indulging that and I think it's been a really healthy thing for me as a person as well to be able to just express all of that stuff. Is this the first time that you've actually been responsible for writing the lyrics and, and singing as well? Like, did you find that transition or that uh, kind of projection difficult? Definitely. Yeah, I think I don't I still find it challenging. Well, with vocals and lyrics, because I've always focused a lot on the instrumental side of things with bands and everything. I kind of came up against a wall with lyrics going like when you're trying to write lyrics, it doesn't feel right. So I just ended up using little bits of like random journal entries or something that will come to you on the fly when you're just living your life so all of the lyrics pretty much that i've used are are that like they're very just me talking there's no there's not much imagery or like painting pictures or anything it's just me saying something about how i feel so it's quite open and direct sometimes maybe a bit raw but that's just what felt right And and it is hard but um i think when a song kind of landed for me when writing it just worked and loving you is one that just came to me really quickly and was just fun and the lyrics just came quickly as well so and so when did um this project actually begin does it overlap with the end of spies were you always thinking that you would go solo or do this sort of a project uh in the future like regardless of what happened with spies so it's only a like a muscle i started to flex toward like spies were still going and writing and when during the spies writing the spies album i was starting to like sit down at the piano and try and figure out like ideas that I liked and record demos on my phone but I was never really getting to a point where I was happy with like finishing a song so it was always ideas and loads of little bits here and there I had a my grandmother's old piano was in my house at the time so 
having that there when you come in to the house and you just kind of start playing on it or playing guitar. So, um, yeah, there was a few moments like that where it's building, I think it was a lot of building confidence in, in doing your own thing. And maybe because sometimes when you're with other people, as I said, you buzz off them and you share the responsibility. So being on your own, you're kind of really having to, to take it all on. Um, so, yeah, that was me just trying to find my own voice over the last few years. And it did overlap with Spies a lot. And that definitely contributed to the Spies album in the same way with the other guys. Um, but then when, when Spies finished, I think it, it kind of felt like another reason why maybe I wasn't as upset or maybe I was, I was able to, to cope or manage with that when I was a bit upset was the fact that I was doing other things as well. Whether it be, you know, at the time I hadn't started playing with Tan and Felix, but, you know, starting to, to work on my own music. And maybe that pushed me a bit further forward to do it more because I didn't have, you know, we were so used to like every day, well, not every day, like two or three days a week going into the rehearsal studio in the evenings and doing spies or doing music. So when that's suddenly gone, then you need to fill the void with something else. Like, you know, we've been doing this for 10 years. So it's like a muscle that you're, kind of using it. if you don't use it then you know maybe you maybe you lose it or maybe you won't nurture what that is and so did you almost like double down on it once lockdown hit like a couple of days or weeks after spies finished up you were suddenly like oh my band is finished i'm planning a solo <laughs> uh project now let's just focus on this was it, did did that like almost give you added an impetus to focus on it I think the like start of lockdown for everyone was like you saw a few instagram stories of artists going like yeah i'm doing this like you know retreat or i'm gonna do like five songs in five days and like great but that enthusiasm died pretty quickly after a few weeks i think for most people where you know i have you have all the time in the world technically but i don't think i didn't feel one bit creative for the first few months of lockdown but i think maybe towards the end of the first lockdown when there was an announcement like oh we're going to reopen in a few weeks that gave me a bit of a kick and i was like oh okay actually you know i got to make use of this time and i think yeah i had a really productive spree during a few weeks in the summer last year uh, where I'd written a load of stuff. I'd actually written a lot of material before lockdown. So, you know, even songs like Loving You, which may have sort of a COVID, you could you could project COVID things onto it, but it was written well before that. So it was actually not anything to do with it. But, you know, that's just the, the, the era that we live in now. People are going to do that, COVID music or whatever they call it. I've been writing the whole way through and a big part of it was actually, and I haven't said this before on, on this interview, but I didn't actually have songs finished. Like a lot of the time it would be, the bones of a song as in like you'd have the lyrics and you'd have the verse chorus whatever but a lot of the production stuff was still left open so like i i would send a demo to david tapley from tana felix you know and Stephen dunn who's uh, engineered and produced with david all, all the tana felix stuff and they would just be like yeah cool let's just book let's just go into the studio and, and see where it goes so that was the mentality where it was like we'll book a weekend and just go in with maybe three songs or ideas that i had and just have fun with them so there was never too much pressure in that sense it was just like let's just enjoy the process and um, so we've done that a few times over, over the course of a, a while and one of those times was after the first lockdown but we'd had done a few sessions before then that song that you're talking about you released it last week were you nervous in the run-up to it actually putting the music out in the world and like seeing the response and, ju and just like your name is the is the headline thing on it Definitely. I like you, you can't you're not hiding behind a moniker anymore with this. And I chose my own name because it just didn't feel right to. It felt like I would be it would be pretending to, to put another name on it because it is just me. And that's kind of a lot of what it is. And um, so, yeah, I it did. I was really, really nervous um, the week coming up to it. And I was like, am I doing the right thing with social media? Am I doing the right thing with this or that? 
all the stuff that really isn't as important you know the music should be the most but you, you do kind of worry about that stuff and like am I doing you want to do it justice because you really you know are proud of what you've done so I think every artist can empathize or understand that um, especially now with the amount of quality music that's coming out um, I think it's a really positive thing and I think everyone's building each other up um, but also I can see for a lot of people that being very daunting and scary to be like oh my I have to release a song and there's a hundred other amazing Irish songs released the same day how am I supposed to compete um, so I think for me I just my approach was just to not try not to worry too much and just you know let people know that it's coming out <laughs> just do it sim- do it kind of in a simple way and just connect to people that I know and um, or that I've been in touch with before with spies because there are people that I haven't seen maybe in years but maybe they've written about spies before or maybe they have a podcast like yourself and just let them know that it's there and you know maybe you do an interview or maybe you get a, a write-up here and there but that was very much my approach with the whole thing so um I was really really happy when the song came out uh, with the reactions and messages people sent me and I was just yeah I was just really happy to contribute something and if, if someone can get something out of it then that's that's what you want to do. I guess like because you're involved with other acts and you've got like a previous band that you're able to kind of have that mentality. I wonder like if this was the very, very first thing that you were putting out in the world, would you be like a lot more stressed about it? Like, you know, if you were like 21 or something and this was your debut single, Mm. you'd just be like, uh, oh, people need to be listening to this. I need to get on the Spotify playlists. But it sounds like you're a lot more um, chill about it. Well, I probably sound more chill than I am. I'm, I'm trying to play it cool. Um, no, like, I mean, if I was 21, I'd definitely be a lot more, like, not even stressed. I'd probably have more bravado or more, like, you know, confident, like confidence that wasn't maybe rooted in something of, like, oh, this is amazing and people have to listen to it. But I think I'm 29 now, so, like, I'm, I feel like I feel still relatively young, but I'm, I feel like I'm old enough that I... I'm doing it because I really enjoy it and I wanted to like, and I also enjoy chatting to yourself. I also enjoy like discourse and and like people, you know, listening to music and, and seeing where it fits in in society or whatever. So this has also been enjoyable. I'm trying to enjoy it and not get stressed about it or compare myself to other people and all that stuff, but it's just human nature that you do that anyway. So just trying to recognize those behaviors and, and trying not to give them too much airtime is, is the main thing. But it feels good. It feels right. And it feels like I took my time with this. Like I had the song for a while and I just felt right to put it out now. Once I got my ducks in a row in my own head about what felt right, now that it's all rolling out, I'm not stressed. Whereas if I'd rushed into it going, this sounds great, I have to put it out. I could have put this song out maybe last year, but I was just like, no, let's just wait. Especially when January hit, I was like, I don't want to be doing anything right now. Like it was the most depressing few months ever. So I was like, no, I'm not doing any music. I'm not releasing anything. I'm just going to wait until I'm in a better headspace, <laughs> you know, and maybe a lot of people can relate to that, other musicians. You mentioned uh, influences include U2's Zoo Station. U2, not a band that seem to get referenced as influences for Irish acts. Uh, I mean, I'm interested in uh, where they fit in amongst your your listens. Yeah, I think um, I think Spies, we were also quite open or vocal about U2. Um, I remember we'd all gone to see them. I think it was the 2016 show they did um was the experience or whatever uh songs of innocence is that is that the big spider thing it was that it it was like they had a divide in the middle of the stage and like bono was like running up and down and stuff like it was incredible you know i was in tears at certain points and just like you can't hold back when you're watching a show like that and i know that there's a lot of production value and all that stuff but um the music's just really good and it connects well with me anyway and the rest of the guys and spies felt the same 
it's just that like they're really good songs like not all their material but a lot of it like zoo station is just a great tune to be fair i think maybe is it uncool or something to like you too i don't know i mean i think, I think it is yeah i don't know why like i mean they're I think it's just that Irish thing where we're trying, like, you know, our, our, you two have kind of dominated Irish music for so many decades and maybe a lot of other acts don't get a look in as a result. Yeah, I think there's definitely all that stuff, but I think their music is great. And especially all the stuff with Brian Eno, I think anyone who's into like music production and stuff, you have to appreciate the, the Joshua Tree and, and a lot of the other stuff. I'm not scared to say that, especially because I think there's enough other influences within my music that... I think it's okay because if you were going to go, you two are my influence and all your music just sounds like, you know, uh, vertigo. You know, it's not going to, it's not going to bode too well for you, I don't think. Uno, dos, tres, catorze. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's my, ne- actually, just as that's my next single. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that, that was what I was going to ask next. What is next for Neil Dexter, the artist? So I've loads of things lined up and I'm really excited. And um, as I said to you before, I'm kind of taking my time with it and just putting things out over the next while rather than like dumping a load of tracks or like announcing an album or anything. So I think for me, it's ride the wave with this single, enjoy that. And then there'll be some more stuff coming very soon in the next month or so. One new song and then another collaboration which i'm excited to announce when it comes out cool great well i don't think i've actually said it yet but congratulations on loving you it's a great tune and great summary vibe so uh congratulations on the release of that and uh, all of the love that you're getting because of it thank you so much i really appreciate it
congratulations on the release of your debut EP, Not Even Here. How are you feeling a couple of days after it's come out into the world? I'm very relieved. It's a funny one because it's it's been like some of the tracks are actually quite old on it. Where like three of them are very new, but it definitely started a long, long time ago. So I feel like just to even have them not sitting in a hard drive anymore is very, very, very satisfying for me now. So I can kind of easily now move on to the next thing without thinking about it again. So it's good. It's very good. Was there an impetus? Was it lockdown or something that made you think about releasing them or anything like that? Was it the right time? No. And in fact, the right time, like the right time was probably a year ago. I mean, I've been sitting on them for a while. I, I got masters back, I'd say last February, just before everything so I was kind of like I had the ball rolling and I had a pretty good game plan and then everything kind of fell apart. The whole world fell apart. So I was like, it didn't feel like the right time to be, you know, throwing stuff out or trying to draw attention to like other things. Because I think everyone was just having such a rough time of it that it just didn't seem meaningful to do it then. And um, so I've sat on it for the year and then nearly didn't because I started writing new stuff and was like, oh, it's kind of different than this now. And I don't know, like, you know, I'm not sure if it's a good idea to to preempt a new project with this now but I'm just yeah no it was definitely the right thing to do to persevere with it but the timing was like very much whatever way it fell was how it was going to happen I think in the end. Sitting on the tracks for a year when you open them back up and you're like actually this would make for a good release are you also thinking like oh I need to change everything about it like did you actually open them back up and were like oh I can't put these out I need to do a load of work to it? I had a few moments of like, I really, really like it. That's the thing. I, I did listen to it a lot myself in the time that I had, because when you have a project like that sitting around, it's on all your devices. And it, I, any free time I had, I'd kind of go back in and listen again. And thankfully didn't have too much of a, like I had it mastered as well. So that's the thing you can't, you don't have the luxury. If you go back and make tweaks, you're, you got to do that whole process again. And that's expensive. So you d- I didn't have the luxury of knowing I would change anything. So I did have a bit of like maybe a bit of not an identity crisis but a bit shaky with one or two of them where they were you know that bit older and I just wondered if I sat down now would I write it the same way and maybe there's nothing wrong with that like maybe a time capsule of a piece of music isn't the worst thing in the world but it definitely feels like a one of them particularly felt like me a me from like five years ago that really isn't the me that I am now even though maybe the production of it was all quite recent like finishing it and producing it was happened in the last two years but the track was written in maybe 20 actually it's long it could be 2014 so there was a bit of that and if it hadn't got the kind of the same production treatment that the others had had I don't know if I it would it would have been hard to feel comfortable in it wow so they stretch back a good seven years or yeah so. just the one there's one outlier on there it would that it was that one that I always listen to again and I'm like it is it do I still definitely feel like this is a version of me that I want to put out you know so it had that kind of anxiety about it where I nearly didn't I was like no I should just start again you know I've definitely grown up loads and I need to you know be that person maybe but it's yeah you overthink these things it only matters to me really those thoughts so that's that's basically how it goes is it obvious which one it is on the EP? I wonder. <laughs> I wonder if Should I know? I don't think that it is really actually. I think it's very much in my own head. I don't think it is because the production I use all the same kind of instrumentation and the production was all done at the same time. So, you know, the treatment of it and how I how I piece it together all happened with the other pieces that are were new. 
So I don't know if it is easy to tell. Okay, we won't, we won't say so. We won't spoil it for people. So when did you decide that a solo EP or solo project was something that you wanted to work towards? Does it go back to all that way, 2014 or something? Yeah, and, and like a lot of it came from, you know, I was in a band setting for a really long time and I was very, very comfortable in it. And like my favorite thing is playing with people. Like I think as great as it is to explore solo stuff, you definitely don't. It doesn't give you back as much always. You think it will, but it it maybe doesn't and it is all about people so but I, I was learning a lot by interacting with people and picking up figuring out how to record things myself figuring out what gear I liked figuring out what sound I liked and all of a sudden I started learning like well some of the music that I like I've actually learned now how I can kind of make that without needing help and so I think in the beginning it was more like just can I do it? you know can I actually do it and then when you figure out you kind of can you just keep going but it is nice in that like if you if there's like I, I often feel like if you're if you have an idea that feels kind of pure or you know te like a texture that you want sometimes it's easier for those pieces to be solo pieces because if it's just that particular in your head it's maybe the only way to get it out it has been something I've been simmering away at and I've kind of been writing a lot like I have a lot of stuff that's left to kind of finish now and I'm just trying to look at it broad picture like these five fit together for me in my head but there were other ones that did maybe were left out so I'm now trying to look at that and see how what kind of projects can be made with those and, and move forward. Yeah you say in um, the press release that the EP was more about getting the feel and the texture right as opposed to being focused on the songwriting in the usual sense yeah. like does it take a while to figure out to figure out those things the feel and the texture and what kind of sound you want I yeah it does and it's kind of like trial and error for me I I love like randomly putting two things together and seeing how they work and if they don't work I'll try it with another thing so it's more like I'll throw a lot of stuff into an Ableton session and just start mixing it in there and it's but that'll happen a lot before I would even put words to it it would be just soundscapes or it could just be like one sample or one sometimes it's just one piece of percussion that I'm trying to make a beat out of and then the kind of constructing of a song came afterwards which is the absolute opposite way I would have worked before maybe in a band setting where I feel like they were more structured songs so it's sort of reversing I'm starting with all of this superfluous stuff and ending with the essential as opposed to the other way around <laughs> that makes sense You've mentioned the band a few times, uh, Come On, Live Long. Um, yeah. What's the status of them at the moment? Haven't heard from ye, ye in a while. I don't know if you're able to say. We never really said we're down in tools here because I think it was just such a, we had such a good time with that band that it, it, it was almost one of those, like, do we announce that we're finished? Because it's too heartbreaking also. But I don't know. I, I like that it's open-ended. Like I could see, like maybe we'll do something down the line for now everyone's kind of doing their own thing um like obviously rob you know rob Ardiff really well he's he's doing amazing things and just producing work constantly um dahi has some stuff coming as well and then we had this dirty dreamer project which we're still we're still working at myself and dahi and ken um but again just kind of taking it at our own pace and when it comes it comes sort of thing it's not it's not a pressured super planned focused thing so Great. So, so leaving it open-ended and, and see what happens next. 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it just was, it felt like the nicer way to go with it. Yeah. And also, I guess, just letting you try new things, letting you maybe come back like with different um, skill sets, I suppose, as well. Yeah, totally, totally. Because it was like, it was such an interesting band to be part of because everyone really has um, different influences and likes different stuff. And it, it always worked and it shouldn't have. Do you know that kind of way? It was like, this is a mess, but it really, we're managing to make it a new thing. But I think it's been great to see like, like Rob's new album is just fantastic. Like it's so, so Rob as well, you know, and it's just so nice to see those finally get realized in a very pure way as well which is it's great and and so like this project where you have 100 percent control i guess that that has pluses and minuses as well that like there's certain things that are an absolute head wreck for you in terms of like making the music or writing the lyrics or something yeah totally like it's a different it's it's a different um feeling completely because the way we would have even written music and still do together is very much the bodies are in the room and we're doing it together, you know, and not a lot of it is done in isolation. It's just, it's happening and we record everything and then we, we go back through it. But this is like, it's still very, very enjoyable, but it's definitely a more meditative kind of thing. You can go into it for a couple of hours and then not see people for a weekend because obviously I work. So I spent an awful lot of weekends completely alone just to get this done. And it was a sacrifice. You like at the end, you're thinking, God, I, I haven't seen my friends in a really long time and it's because I'm in a studio with nobody else on a Saturday when everyone else can socialize so it like it has its I, I wouldn't change it for anything but um definitely you have to like check in with yourself after a while and be like right I might just down tools now for a bit because otherwise I don't actually see humans <laughs> so that's that's sort of where you end up with it um and and the creative process uh i wanted to ask you about you've got a song titled called when i sing i drink wine is that the creative process uh right there oh god never even thought of that would yeah no well it was that night (laughs) but uh, (laughs) it was that day no and that one was a really funny one because like uh i had that came out of nowhere because i I had these really crappy recordings from a long time ago and um, they were just a phone on my piano here at home and I actually was drinking wine that night and I wrote that song more or less start to finish that night but I had had it recorded so badly but I fell completely in love with the te- with the actual phone recording and I, I tried recording it so many times and just failed because I was like it's because of all of the things you know that were wrong with that night that that sounds so good like the, the wine is part of it for sure um and the immediacy of it but I finally cracked it I, I went out to my friend Ken who mixed a lot of this and he recorded that on his piano in his sitting room and we just kind of did it really rough to try and get the same thing I didn't drink wine that day but uh you can hear the clock ticking in the background of the sitting room and we decided to leave it in like we had a moment we're like oh we've been recording the clock this whole time and I was like do you know what it's part of the ethos of this so let's just leave it in um, and I think it was the only time I re-recorded that of the many times that I felt like, okay, that's really close to what it should be like. Um, so that's, yeah, but no, wine is not like part of it in general, just that one time. <laughs> just wandering around the studio clutching a bottle of wine. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No. 
Um, and so it is made up of uh, two electronic tracks, a live recorded piano track that you were just talking about and two ambient works. Yeah. Is that kind of where you see the sound in the future? Like you said that you've been thinking about new music as well. Like, is it along similar lines? Yeah, I mean, like I'm really uh, was the, the ambient ones are the newest ones and they arguably were probably the most enjoyable ones to make. I guess you're freer with a structure, but I would really like to explore that in longer form because they're quite short. They almost operate as interludes on this where after now listening to them, I feel like, oh God, I wish I'd extended that and seen where I could bring that in like a seven minute piece or like, you know, see how long I could I could work up an ambient soundscape. But they're definitely something I, I'm looking at doing more of, but it, it's not an either or kind of thing. I like that they kind of sit in alongside songs as well. So like loosely the next project is probably a little bit more acoustic there's there's more acoustic instruments on it but I see it as being a double-sided project where one half might be quite electronic and one half might be quite organic and they might it might just flip and be completely two separate things so I don't know how it's going to shake out yet it could be that I separate the two things completely as two different projects but for now it's it's definitely both which yeah it's 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 fun like and have you enjoyed like kind of figuring that out and kind of the like the workload that's involved like you're you know mentioning all of the um weekends that you're staying indoors and stuff do you enjoy the yeah. creative outlet that it that it's giving you I enjoy learning I think that's the key thing it's like um I've learned so much by just going through this process the one time and now it's become easier for me to see avenues to do it differently while still using the bits that I've picked up along the way so the past year like I'm a I'm a piano player primarily uh, which is why the synths and all the electronic stuff works so well for me it's easy for me but started playing a lot of guitar this past year and that was really I'm not good at that and being not good at it is actually more satisfying for me now than just going and taking out my synths and having a thing done in 15 minutes it's like I've been working on two or three things that I've written on guitar for weeks and I cannot get them right and I'll keep at them you know but that's exciting like that's that's what I like to do where does it all fit in with like your graphic design and artwork as well just because you work you work in NCAD doing that sort of thing are you still using that creatively as well yeah I mean like I did I do all of my own artwork for it I find it actually it's a good question because I find it that was one of the, the main things that held me back putting this out because I tended to do a lot of work for other musicians like cover art or videos and when I thought it would be a breeze, I was like, when it comes to doing mine, oh, this will be great. Like I can really construct the feel of this. And I found it the, probably the most challenging thing of the whole project was doing that because it just, no matter what I did, I was like, no, that le- it's too misleading that direction or it looks too this kind of tone and it's not really. And like I was like the worst client in the world and just never felt right. So I have hundreds and hundreds of versions of something that like I didn't, this is, didn't end up on vinyl so it was going to be a bloody thumbnail like you know it's not like something people are going to look at and be like oh yeah the artwork's amazing because it's on Spotify but um I have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of covers and it's insane and really really frustrating but that's that is what it is <laughs> well look the uh artwork is fantastic the oh, uh, EP is great <laughs> as well so congratulations on all that and looking forward to seeing what uh you do next great thanks so much